0: Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. I'm so glad to speak with you. Look, when men get together, I feel like special things happen across our churches. I feel like our families are impacted, our communities are impacted, and uh, it's a privilege to speak to you. I, I know that some of you have travelled uh, a little bit of distance to be here. Uh, I know there's some from Jinjin Jin, which is pretty cool. I love the idea of that place. So great, you've got to say it twice. And uh, <laughs> just from people in Harvey Bay, Pastor Ross as well and others. And and thank you for being here. It's actually amazing to see this turnout, Pastor Errol. And I want to honour you, Pastor Errol. Uh, it's been great getting to know you. Sad that I've only played that one golf game and already lost to him. He's so much better than me, but uh, I'll get my chance. But I honour you. This is a legacy church and to speak in a legacy church is always a privilege. Um, I've been in ministry for 18 years now, uh, which sounds weird to say. Uh, A lot of those in Brisbane, of course, where I was born and bred and uh, two years in Germany, where I was a teenager. But five years, I was a pastor in a church in California, uh, America, obviously. And that was a pretty great experience. And uh, you haven't met them yet, but I'm travelling with my family, my wife, Beck, my sons, Cooper and Emerson. And I just feel really privileged to be here. But here's what you need to know about me from the get-go. I am just a local church pastor. I am not a big shot itinerant. I don't travel anywhere, really. In fact, I rarely get invited anywhere. That should really set you up, shouldn't it? Oh, great. (laughs) Great. This guy's really scratching around for gigs. Um, And to be honest with you, I just only like speaking places I've got relationship and connection. And so you need to know, I just care about the local church. So I care about you. I care about you on your journey and your walk with God. And, and that is my heart right across today. And look, probably the biggest thing you need to know about me is I'm just a big bogan. All right. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm a proud yeah. Queenslander. Yeah. All right. And, and that is who I am. That is the most important thing. I love meat pies and I am glad to be here in the land flowing with milk and ginger beer. Um, but anyway... I want to just, I suppose, frame up a little bit of what we're going to be doing today. And uh, I guess even for now, just a couple of thoughts as we gather together. I can never remember my passcode because I'm always changing it on my boys so that they don't actually jump on this thing. Anyway, I want to share one passage of Scripture with you uh, and then we'll just uh, move into the next part of our day. And so this is really just setting up what we're doing. You know, as men, we always find reason to discount ourselves. I think as men, we always find reasons to not step up and answer the call of God, not step up and lead our families. And what I love about Jesus is that He comes alongside of us in our brokenness. He never calls us a failure. He never gets down on us, but He always encourages us to step up. And my heart across today is that it would be today. I love the theme of this morning's gathering, that it is today that you would actually make a decision to jump in, boots and all, and see what the Lord will do. So in a moment, I'm going to read out of Hebrews 10. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It talks about, let us gather together. Let us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. I'm going to read that in a moment, but let me just encourage you to jump in, boots and all. Uh, Late last year, my youngest son Emerson came home and At the time, he was about 10 and he came home from his swimming carnival and I noticed that he had a a ribbon. You know, the ribbons you get, which we all used to live for as little kids, the blue ribbon first place. And he had one strategically positioned on his chest and a couple other ones, but it was that one that was the first place. And I said, Emerson, I didn't know that, you know, you're a good swimmer, you know, because he's not really that good at it. And I thought, I said, mate, how did you get a first place in the school swimming carnival? And he said, well, Dad, it was pretty amazing. I actually won Butterfly. And I said, Butterfly? You don't know how to do Butterfly. And he looked at me and goes, Dad, I don't know how to do it. But here's the thing. I was the only one in the race. <laughs> Apparently, as it is recorded, back to me, the whole school was chanting his name. Emerson, Emerson. And I mean, it would have been terrible if they disqualified him. You know, wouldn't that have been just the ultimate insult? You know, He was the only one in the race. And, and do you know what, man? If there is one objective today with that silly story, I want you to get in the race. I want you to jump in the pool. You might not know what stroke you're doing, will have you. You might not get it right all the time. The Lord is with you. And if there is one thing right across today, is that by the end of today, whatever you're stepping back on or holding back from, that the Lord will prompt you to jump in the pool, to get in the race. And that is my whole purpose in today. And that's what I wanna see the Lord do. With that, Hebrews 10, because the writer of Hebrews says it better than I can. He says this, Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near to God. With a sincere heart, with the full insurance, assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's four lettuces. Four lettuces here. We're going to talk about uh, kale, iceberg. What are other lettuces? Rocket. Thank you. Whatever that other one was. What was that one? Cos. Thank you. Well done. You got a great group here. They really participate. There's four lettuces that I wanna talk about as we frame up today. The first one is this, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God. Do you know that proximity is very different to intimacy? You understand this? You can be close to something and a million miles away. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they're on their phone? They're there, but they're not really there. Proximity is always different to Intimacy. And today you're here, but you know what? At the end of today, we'll never know if your heart is drawn near to God or not. Only you know that. Can I encourage you today? Would you let your heart draw near to Him? Notice it says this, let us draw near to Him knowing that our we are washed and that we are sprinkled clean. We are washed and we are sprinkled clean. Do you know that you are able to approach Him today just the way that you are? In fact, one of my favorite scriptures is Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, when Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble. Some translations say, <laughs> That was a really, I'm just glad that that truck was safe. Some translations out of Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 say, For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Gentle is used three times in the New Testament, it means meek or mild, it does mean humble. But lowly is an interesting word for Jesus to say about Himself. In fact, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, when He says that I am gentle and lowly, it's the only time in all of Scripture where Jesus Himself describes His heart. I mean, you think about it. There's a lot written about Jesus. There's a lot Jesus says, but there's only one time Jesus says, this is my heart for you. I am humble and I am lowly in heart. Humble is meekness. We understand what meekness is to an extent, strength under control, which is a great definition for a man. But to be lowly, it's not a virtue. Lowly is a status. Do you know what that means? Jesus is saying, I am not high and lofty. I am low, meaning I am approachable. For I am humble and I am approachable. I mean, just run that through your percolator this morning. The God of the universe, that Jesus is saying, I am humble and I'm approachable. You can come to me. You can come to me anytime. I don't know if you've met uh, any number of famous people in your life. You know, I think we all have at some point, and you know, it's always that awkwardness because you don't know if you should approach them or not. And uh, I, I'm a little bit awkward at times. You'll find that hard to believe, but I am a little bit. And I have a personal motto in my life called "embrace the awkwardness." It's like you just know it's going to be awkward, but you just do it anyway. And you're like, "This is living, baby." Just the other day, I was up at Noosa and I had to go up there and pick up some furniture for my wife, which is about an hour 42 minutes away. I didn't exactly calculate it, but I was annoyed to go up there. Um, and uh, I had to pick up some furniture from this little homeware shop, which is just the joy of my life, man. I love little homeware shops. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do in my service uh, to the Lord. And um, anyway, I was up there and I couldn't believe it, but sitting at this cafe at Noosa, was, was Paddy Mills. Now, if you don't know who Paddy Mills is, um, it, he just won the bronze medal uh, for the Australian basketball team and I would say he won it off his own back, Back like he scored 35 points or something. Paddy Mills, in my opinion, is the greatest Australian basketball player to ever play the game in the modern era. Um, better than Andrew Gaze, like all the stats and, and the championships that Paddy has won. Uh, playing in America with the Spurs. He's phenomenal. Anyway, a few weeks ago, I'd watched him win, you know, the bronze medal at the Olympics, and it was phenomenal. And we were cheering, me and my boys, we were cheering. And uh, he's sitting at the cafe there. And, and I, he's sitting there with some other people. And I'm there with Beck, of course, and, and I see him. And I said to Beck, Beck, it's Patty Mills. And she goes, well, go over there. I'm like, I can't go over there. So I found myself, like, standing, like, where Jeremy is right here, like just standing like here, <laughs> you know, and then uh, and then literally Beck is over here like get over there, get in there, and I just stood there and and he turned and he looked at me and I was like hi Patty. hi like, hey man how's it going uh, yeah and and look I, I chatted to him I said my son's playing basketball in his semi final and it's his birthday and he recorded a video with me and. He was the kindest man in that sense. And it was kind of cool because, you know, you think there's a bit of a gap between him and me and maybe he's not very approachable, but he was really approachable. And to contrast that with another person I've seen is when we lived in LA, I saw Elton John in Beverly Hills. And um, yeah, he wasn't very approachable. I'll leave that one there. (laughs) Yeah. No, there wasn't the same vibe. Nope, I really should have. Yep, yep, that wasn't so great. My point is, is that when Jesus says that I am humble and I am lowly, He's saying, I am humble, I am gentle with you and I am approachable. The million reasons why that we put in our little heads why we shouldn't approach Jesus, He would say, Draw near in full assurance, like the writer of Hebrews. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And he says, because I'm humble and I am lowly. There is not a big gap between you and me. I desire to draw near you. I love the wording that the writer of Hebrews uses there. He says, in full assurance. In full assurance, having our hearts cleansed from a guilty conscience. You know, in the ancient world, you thought with your heart. You know, whenever they are writing about thinking, we only in the modern world think that we think with our heads, in which we do. But in the ancient world, all of your thinking was done with your heart. You know what he's saying there? Your heart has been sprinkled and cleansed. You've been cleansed from a guilty conscience. One of the main reasons we don't draw near to God, men, is because we know the things that we think. But that's actually okay. That is not a reason to not draw near and have your heart... And your mind cleansed. And sometimes we hold back because we get that carried away. And can I tell you, the work that Jesus does in your life, that when you choose to draw near to Him, He He cleanses you of that. He gives you that full assurance. So let us draw near because He is approachable. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. I love that idea. Got to be careful, I can get on a bit of a roll here, but that's okay. Uh, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Do you know that every day of the week, you are bombarded with 37 newspapers worth of information a day? You think about that. Imagine someone every day came to your house with 37 newspapers and said, By the end of today, you're going to read all of this. I mean, you'd be overwhelmed that is how much information you are given every single day, 37 newspapers worth. And do you know what all that does? It closes your mind. It causes you to lose your grip on what really matters. You know, the word secular actually means closed. Do you know that every day of your life, the world is trying to close your mind to the things of God? And yet what the writer of Hebrews is saying, let us hold Unswervingly to the hope we profess. Can I tell you, being in environments like this are moments where we actually grab a grip again on what we really hope for and our mind opens up to the kingdom of God. Let us hold unswervingly. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You know, that word spur is a funny little Greek word, it actually means irritate. Now, don't turn to the person beside you. (laughs) Some of you already have. (laughs) Some of you brought them with you, praise God. Um, It actually says, let us irritate one another on towards love and good deeds. Now, I had a four and a half hour car trip yesterday with my two boys in the back seat. They perfected this a lot of growth happening in their lives do you know what you're meant to be doing as as men and in the family of God you are actually meant to in a healthy way irritate each other on towards love and good deeds can I ask you do you and maybe by the end of today this will happen pastor Errol Do you have that relationship with someone, with with another guy who you lock horns with sometimes, but you pray together, you seek the Lord? Do you have that kind of relationship where they can get alongside you and go, come on, mate, that's not true. Come on, let's, let's lift our faith. Come on, let's open the Word together. And maybe they will irritate you, but maybe it's the good kind of irritation to spur you on towards love and good deeds. And lastly, let us not give up meeting together. Let us not, I just think your presence here today is even overwhelming for me to think that you've travelled some distance but you've carved out time on a Saturday morning of the thousand things you could be doing you're here right now. And I think that last one you're nailing even being here. Let us not give up meeting together. I have this rule in my church. I'm sure it would be true here. On your worst day, this is the best place to be. On your worst day, This is the best place to be because there are moments when you go through things in your life and we always think we're meant to be out there getting it fixed up. That is not what it means to follow Jesus. We come to Him as we are. He cleanses us. He washes us. He pulls us closer to His heart. But it's gathering together. Old translations would say, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Something happens when you find yourself in a place like this, but with relationships like this. But your faith is stirred, where you're rejuvenated when you're brought back into the family of God. I'll, I'll leave with this silly illustration because man, I think we need it. Do you remember as a kid when you'd go to someone's house and they had a pool? It was like a small pool, probably one of those little tiny above ground pools. I used to spend a lot of time in the summers at these kinds of cheapo pools. But you hop in there with four or five friends and you know what you do? Like, you, Someone has a great idea, let's create a whirlpool. You know, am I speaking to some people here? You did this as well. You wasted a lot of hours doing this. And, you know, you, you get that momentum going and you'll be going for 20 minutes, you know, and there's just like, there's barely a current and then someone calls out, "Righto, lift your feet up. And then you float. About a metre. <laughs> very, very slowly. But as a kid, you think, oh, this is the greatest thing. We just created a whirlpool, you know. Do you know what it means to not give up meeting together? It means that no matter where you're at in your faith or your season of life, you still get in the pool, you jump in the whirlpool and someone else has created momentum for you. When we come to gatherings like this, when we gather in small groups, when we come to church, you actually get to step in when all the hard work has been done for you. Then there is momentum restored to your faith and there is His grace that rests upon you where you can lift your feet up you don't have to burn off all your energy, but you're back in a place where God is actually moving something in your life. And so let us draw near to God in full assurance. Let us approach Him today. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let's spur each other on towards love and good deeds and let's make a commitment to not give up meeting together. On your worst day in your most difficult season, make one rule and maybe make it today. I will not give up meeting because there's seasons in our lives we all go through, but we commit to that. We commit to a life of momentum. We commit to a life of jumping in the pool. And with that, I'm going to just pray real quick. (laughs) Sorry, Pastor. I'm going to pray real quick and uh, then we'll have a little break and we'll get into it. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that is filling this place. We're even outside right now and your presence is here and we welcome you. Pray for every man right now. Lord, that their hearts would be drawn near to You right now. Lord, that there would be no reason to hold back or withhold in any way this morning, but we would know we can draw near to You in full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed. Lord, and even today we commit to holding on to hope, to spurring each other on, to not giving up meeting together. Jesus, right now we decide to jump in the pool Knowing that in your presence we find everything we need. And I bless your men today. I welcome the work of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.